passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me as always after a Falcons game on Sunday is former Falcons fullback, the Triple F himself, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be a Falcon uh, because (laughs) my boys fight and I enjoy rooting for them. But unfortunately, it was a situation where I really wanted Desmond Ritter to win. I really, really wanted Desmond Ritter to win. He didn't, but uh, it's okay because no one, everyone wanted him to, but if he didn't win, being a rookie, it's not the end of the world. We know he has to take some time to, to get his uh, legs underneath him, but uh, we were so close. A W would have been great. It was so close. Uh, it, you know, overtime, PKs. Oh, wait, no, that's the uh, World Cup I'm thinking of. Yeah, oh, man. The other thing. That was... The other football. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I so heard it was sorry. good. I had some friends say, oh, my gosh, you watching the World Cup. I said, why would I be watching the World Cup? It's soccer. Dude, it was it was amazing. Oh. It was a really it almost. So I'm a big uh, tennis player. OK, played tennis my entire life. High school won a city championship after college. Oh, you know? What's good. up? Dust my shoulders off. Yeah. Uh, but. It felt like a Wimbledon final like on a sunday which is usually in the spring or over the summer doesn't overlap with football but just that whole like wake up there's a sporting event in the morning almost like a like a london nfl game but it doesn't suck and (laughs) this was just right down to the wire like really gets your juices flowing for like sports action and then boom stay on the fox channel one o'clock kickoff falcon saints little bit of a letdown but overall i think it was a pretty good uh football Sunday, regardless of uh, which football you're talking about. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I played soccer when I was, I think, fourth grade, third grade. How many grade, red cards grade? did you get? I got a lot of red cards. I was a sweeper. So all I did, the ball <laughs> got go. close to me. I kicked it as hard as I could the opposite way. May have broken a shin or two of the other teams, and that's it. They got close to me. They stopped trying to follow the ball. I got a little <laughs> intimidation factor going as a young kid. And that was the extent of my soccer career watching it playing it it's just never been for me i respect those who love it that's great i just think that zero zero games can't be exciting like in what world we live in <laughs> where oh my god that was a thrilling zero zero game no one scored no one won no one did it it was great all right you're happy i'm happy for you. football is back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another great season 
As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. It was a uh, definitely not a 0 0 game, but. We are not here to talk about soccer. We're not here to talk about football, if that's how you say it. But I do want to start before we get into the game and just talk about uh, defensive coordinator Dean Pease, who had to leave uh, before the game, carted off the field, taken to the hospital. Ultimately, it was good, good to return. But have you ever had a coach get injured before the game, during the game? What is that like if you have experienced that? Just how, how does that play out on the sidelines? It actually is something that has happened one or two times. Coaches don't understand that uh, we treat anybody on our field as fair game. And so if we're out there running and catching and <laughs> doing plays, we see them, sometimes they get run over. Uh, I, I hated that Dean Pease was not there because the defense did seem not as sharp at times. Uh, and we needed this much more to win the game. And who should yeah. know if... Dean Pease could have saw something that the other coaches didn't see could have helped us get into position to, to win. So uh, coaches got to stay safe, man. Keep head on a swivel. Keep your head on a swivel. It is honestly scary out there, even away from the sidelines, just down there on the field during pregame warmups. Uh, I like to stand behind the end zone. Obviously when field goal kickers are practicing all of their kicks during the game, I have, may have had a ball bounce once or twice the wrong direction and, and hit me mm. before a game in, you know, necessarily a spot that you don't want to get hit. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, you got to keep your head on a swivel before the game, Ovi, especially if you're a 73 year old uh, defensive coordinator because you don't need to be taking any major falls. But good news is it seems like Dean Pease will be OK, was discharged from the hospital. No major issues, was able to rejoin the team by by reports. Uh, for the remainder of the Saints game in the second half. Let's talk about that Saints game, though. You mentioned the defense. They get off to a pretty slow start. The Saints score touchdowns on both of their opening drives. And ultimately, I think that proves to be the difference in the game. Yeah. What did you think about the start for this team coming off the bye week on the road in a hostile environment? And if you want to work in some of your own experiences uh, playing in uh, New Orleans, feel free. I mean... Everyone knows New Orleans is loud, but everyone hasn't experienced it on the actual field. Hearing yeah. these crazy, rabid fans, uh, I think the Saints fans, the Steelers fans, they're some of the, the craziest fan bases to where I don't care if you're winning, I don't care if you're losing, they are going to be loud, <laughs> obnoxiously loud. And so they were that. And uh, I mean, Ritter did a, a decent job of, of handling the noise, handling the, the, the pressure, but you can tell. And it's not just the Saints. It was his first game at being the Saints. <laughs> it, it was mm-hmm. not something that he got comfortable with early on, and it took a while for him to really, I think, settle in. Um, the defense was disappointing. 
uh, because to have the Saints march down there with uh, quarterbacks that I don't think are in their prime or top half of the league or even top two-thirds of the league, but still did great against us. I can't talk too bad about them. We looked rusty. We looked like we had to get warmed up uh, and be able to react and to act and to be able to deal with the speed of, of their game. And yep. it, was, it was hard to watch because you, you feel like we're better than that, or at least we've shown that we can play better than that. And if there is any team you want us to give our best, it's the Saints. And I, I didn't see that, especially in the, in the first uh, uh, couple quarters. Now, at that end, that, that goal line stance, that was amazing by the defense. Like, that yep. made me proud, made me happy. That's one of those moments I was talking about as a former player. I'm out here beating my chest to, you know, anyone who can see. My kids, really, they're, they're the only person in the house right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, Dad, calm down. You're, you're not playing anywhere. I don't care. This is amazing. Let's go. But, uh, but no, um, I, I just wanted to see better. But I know it gets real loud in the Saints uh, stadium being uh, – a former player for the Falcons that had to go there once a year. It, I, there are people in the stands who got earplugs. So they know they're going to be that loud. <laughs> loud and cold. That's the, uh, that's the Saints stadium for you in a nutshell. And yeah, the defense, I think, and this is a little bit of a tangent and maybe worth like an entire podcast. And I'd love to ask Arthur Smith or somebody, just a football kind of expert, mm. certainly more so than me. Uh, maybe even more so than you, although I consider you a, a foremost expert on the sport. But is the ability to get games kind of down to the wire something that a coach actively does? Like the strategy, the way that you go about implementing your game plan, choosing when to go run versus pass, certain moments where you're going to be aggressive versus maybe passive. Is that all with the kind of stated goal of getting it down to the final possession? And is that something a coach can control the game flow, kind of the upper ceiling of a game score of a total, things like that, the over under, like can a coach rein in a game and can a coach let a game loose? I think Arthur Smith, if that is possible to do, has done a really good job of saying, whoa, 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 this game's getting out of hand. Let's rein it back in. Let's get this to a one possession game and then we'll see what happens. Really outside of the Cincinnati game this year, the Falcons have been able to do that. And they've been able to do that at times when it looks like they could get blown out and they could get blown out on the road. And that's like really hard to do. So I continue to think highly of what Arthur Smith and his staff can do, even on days when on the surface, it doesn't look good. And this is the transition to Desmond Ritter. And this is the transition to the offensive performance today. Because yes, he's a rookie. Yes, his first start comes in an environment that very, very few rookie quarterbacks have success in. But he did not have success, my man. He uh, he performed very poorly, in my opinion. What did you think of Desmond Ritter's performance today? It's, um, you, you got to be open to criticism. You know, most of the Falcons fans are, have constructive criticism. His coach will have constructive criticism. We, he has to know that this wasn't good. But at the same time, you also have to know that this is your first game. And yep. I got to uh, echo what you said earlier. To be able to um, have Arthur Smith take a rookie down by 14 in the first two drives and still make it a game to where you're one play away from winning, that's impressive. And coaches absolutely have the ability to, to rein in games and to let loose and to be aggressive. It's, it's all play calling. It's speed of the game. It's play calling. Do I wait till the game clock 
goes down or am I going to be rushed to the line in like a two minute mode in the middle of the mm-hmm. game? We had one called uh, uh, Texas where we played two minute, right? Like it's two minute in the middle of the game and be rushing, rushing, rushing. And in uh, uh, Texas, we would leave the big guys in, me, fullbacks, because we want to be able to run the ball just as well. We can pass it two minute during the game. And I loved it to hate it. I loved it because I got to stay in the game because most uh, quick uh, two minute drills, I'm out. Yeah. But I hated it because, oh my God, I was so tired, especially if Michael Tucker <laughs> hit like a long run and I'm running out of the field and getting lined up. And so I look back and it's like all hand signals, you know, hand signals, plays, like a couple things. Like, what'd you say? And he was like a thousand checks. Like, you can check to a run, a pass, you can check left or right, you can check so many different checks. And so there are like letters, there's numbers, and I'm listening in. Like you can't be dumb and play football, or that's you just have a, a special type of uh, intelligence for football because it is difficult to be able to have that muscle memory that can recount all these things and go at, at a high rate. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I I'm just happy that Desmond Ritter was able to show a, a little bit of, of, of progress because he started not good. You know, those uh, going, going, you know, three and out, a couple plays and out. And it was almost like, it, I hate to say this, but I felt the same type of fear that I had with Marcus Mariota whenever he was throwing the ball. And especially, like, the longer that Ritter had to throw the ball, I'm like, oh, God, like, I was going to throw an interception. He had all this time. And I'm like, this should be a good pass. And show us what you got, young kid. And they're going to play. And maybe there's a miscommunication between the receivers or him and, it just hit hit, a, hit the ground, hit a nice yeah. little patch of ground, and it's grass. <laughs> there's no defenders there. I was good, but there's no receivers there either. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Didn't, didn't you have a team meeting? Didn't you meet your receivers? Haven't you been working with these guys all season? So Ritter did not do good, but again, we we didn't. Those of us who are realists didn't expect him to be, you know, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes his first game. We would liked it. it would have been great if he showed us a little Russell Wilson. But we knew that in reality, chances of that are very slim. In reality, yes. Uh, it's not very often that a quarterback comes out and, and kind of lights it up from day one. But I yeah, Ryan you know, touched down his first game. His we're going to get to that. I, yeah. I, we're going to get to that in one second, because I want your thoughts on what it is like to play with a rookie quarterback who does kind of go out there and, and performs well from the get go. And, you know, again, Matt Ryan wasn't perfect. Certainly better days were ahead. But. He his baseline performance was excellent in that first game. And he did have the entire preseason, all of training camp. He That's came it. into that game really in momentum. Desmond Ritter is coming off of one bye week, but has largely been the backup and crucially did not have Marcus Mariota this week to kind of help him prepare, is not able to rely on that veteran to, to give him these notes throughout the week when they're specifically game planning for an opponent. So that is kind of to his detriment. But 13 of 26 overall, 97 yards through the air, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Could have had at different times maybe three interceptions in this game. And I I think that even though he didn't, it's still worth pointing that out because a couple were dropped. One was overturned on a review. It just, he never really looked comfortable. He may still throw the hardest five-yard pass since Michael Vick. In a uh, in a Falcons uniform of, of any quarterback that I've seen, this man throws a frozen. I mean, it's winter outside. He throws a snowball that is packed with ice and not snow. Like 
he rockets that ball, dude. Um, I think that all of this stuff is correctable, right? It, it's all your feel for the game. It's comfort level. It's not rushing it. The very first play, I thought it was kind of telling in a bad way that he just took a deep shot. Whether that was dialed up, if it was, I think that's the most predictable play call in the world because all week I've been sitting here being like, hmm, if I was going to be tricky, what would I do with a rookie quarterback that everybody expects me to kind of manage in a game? I'd take a deep shot on the first play. That's what they did. The Saints kind of knew it was coming. Nowhere to go at all. But the fact that he still kind of let it fly gave me a little pause for concern because it's like, all right, you're, you're going to just get these out. You know, you're going to let these loose. Again, maybe that's for his benefit in the long term. Maybe that's for the Falcons' benefit in the long term is get these reps. But what was Matt Ryan like going into that first game as a rookie? What was his mindset? How was he nervous? I mean, obviously, you're not him. So you can't speak to what he was feeling. But just, I guess, what was the team's comfort level going in with a rookie? And then maybe Matt Ryan specifically. Well, because it was a unique situation coming from Michael Vick, having a quarterback that was. Different complexion, different play style, <laughs> different, uh, you know, type of uh, vibe from, from Vic. And I only got two months with Vic, but um, yeah, uh, you could see him from just on TV to Matt. It, it was a, a very different feel. But I think having mini camp and training camp and OTAs and all those things to get comfortable with him and for him to get comfortable with receivers and for us to see behind the scenes how Matt's able to deal with the, the ones and um, gain a certain level of confidence to it. Dang, this guy got a good arm. He's making some throws. And, yo, he, you know, is, is showing us that he can be the guy. We were all behind him because we were tired of losing. And uh, a lot of us were switched out from the um, Petrino era to the Mike Smith era. A lot of guys got gone, and I loved how our, our thing, our special teams coordinator Keith, Keith did such a great job of. He spoke, spoke to the whole team, and it was important that yeah. even the starters were there. And the way that he mother effed people and talked about <laughs> you, sorry sons of bees, and you old pansy, you know, it, it, and he he'll Keith, do that. Yeah. He called us all types of things, and it was it was real because you had to like wow, and, and he said things that probably. Well, I know Mike Smith would never <laughs> say he's that Mike Smith would never say and our defensive coordinator would never say office coordinator. Actually, Mike Malarkey was foul mouthed too. But the, just just the way that he would say, talk about everyone, including Matt Ryan, like dang quarterback out here hitting people, showing more your know, heart. And then this, the, most of y'all and y'all act like also shriveled up, uh, you know, uh, uh, kitties. Uh, uh. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was a vibe that Matt kind of embraced. And watching Matt take gotcha. the um, the beatings from verbal beatings from guys like coaches like Keith, watch them take, you know, some of the uh, verbal beatings from uh, veterans who want to try him and see, are you ready? And seeing him pass every single test, even I, I, I made some, you know, tongue in cheek jokes with him and ribbed him about, you know, being a, a, a skinny uh, giraffe, baby giraffe like a, a sprinter when he tries to, to run and. Uh, he, he never uh, got over that. He never evolved into oh, an adult. Oh, no, no, he, he, he didn't. But he, he laughed it off. He was like, man, F you over me. I was like, ah, F you too. <laughs> I was like, I, I like you, brother. So he had a certain moxie that we knew and we felt strong with. So when we got to the game, our comfort level was there. And more importantly, his comfort level was there. Even though it was yeah. his first game, he was like, 
um, I expect to be great. And I know I can be great. And I'm going to throw a touchdown on my first play. Not that, not that Desmond Ritter didn't have that type of confidence, but he didn't have the, the time and the ability to prove to his inner self that that confidence he had was, was you know, verified, that he was legit the real deal. And Matt knew that not only from his very high draft pick, which I, think, I still do think means something. You know, there's Tom Brady's and Russell mm-hmm. Wilson that come later rounds and Brock, uh, whatever his name is, uh, that did great. Purdy. Bert Purdy, there you go. But um, Matt had expectations. Yeah. And he was somebody who I felt like he knew that he's going to be able to, to uh, hit them and succeed them, exceed them. Yeah, and I mean, I think that on the one hand, that Falcons team was different talent-wise than this group is right now, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, some big acquisitions there, none bigger. You know, Michael Turner, your backfield mate, that offseason really helped that 2008 team shoulder a lot of the load offensively. And you had Matt Ryan in a little bit more of a complimentary role, but he certainly rose to the occasion when it was called upon. This game almost felt like a little bit of a reverse of that formula where they kind of leaned on Desmond Ritter a little bit more than I thought they would. And it was Tyler Algier and the running game that came in in these big moments and really saved the day. And Tyler Algier, man, like I think that we've kind of seen this coming a little bit over the last five games, six games or so, but he is slowly, his snap count is creeping up and he's matching the number of touches that Cordero Patterson is getting. I kind of think that today is the day that he takes over the backfield job for good. And I kind of think that he has established himself as your starting running back. And Cordero Patterson is maybe better in that complimentary role. Use him in these very specific ways. Maybe that's as a receiver in some games. Maybe that is out of the backfield. But Tyler Algier, 17 carries, 139 yards, Mm-mm. 8.2 yards per carry, a 43-yard run that very nearly could have been a touchdown if not for Tyron Matthew, the honey badger himself. He got a one-yard touchdown run. I think he had six third-down carries that were converted into first downs. I mean, I think if they hand the ball off to him 27 times today, Atlanta's walking away with a victory. What do you think of uh, mm. Tyler Algier's performance? So I got a chance to meet Tyler Algiers for the first time. I was at the uh, the annual Walter Payton Man of the Year Awards. I think it's called uh, Falcon Falcon Awards. Um, uh, and <laughs> the community, yeah, yeah community, community honors stuff. award. Yeah, yep. I call it the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Uh, they give different <laughs> awards there. That's the big. That's the best picture yes. of the uh, of the event. Yeah. Yes, and so I was at a table with two rookies, and um, I was just I don't know I wasn't feeling that good, uh, but you know. Wanted to go out with the wife and support um, of these young guys, and they introduced themselves. He's like, "Hey, you know, I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie too." I said, "All right, nice to meet you." He's like, "You're uh, uh over? Yeah, I'm over here. You played long? Yeah, I know. I played a long time ago. 2007, <laughs> 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I used to block Michael Turner. That's how everybody knows me. I'm like, fine. Yeah, I'm, I was the, uh, the big guy in front of Michael Turner. And I'm like, yeah, man, you were beast. I was like, I, I did my best. And so we, uh, you know, watched the wars. We talked a little bit. My wife was talking to their wives. And, you know, make them feel comfortable. You ain't got to you know, try to spend it all in your first year. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Enjoy yourself. So we had a real good conversation. And I didn't realize that the guy at the table next to me was Tyler Algiers. Uh, I um, I was talking about, man, the run game, yo. Like, we, run game's been carrying the Falcons all year long. He's like, yeah, man, I do my best. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> I was like, who's, who's, who's that game? I think he said he's like, 
Algeria, Alge- Al Tyler. I was like, oh man, we were leaving. I was like, I, I dapped him up, brought him real tight. I was like, dude, you've been doing your thing, man. He's like, I'm, I'm trying. I was like, go out there and crush him. He's like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him uh, this Sunday. And uh, he did. He, he absolutely yeah. went off. Like, he is such uh, you know, a, a regular dude. Like, yeah, he's got little muscles. He's not like, you know, who's um, like, Derek, yeah, Derek's not like Derek Henry to where he has like the height and the stature, no. and, like you know, bulging mu- muscles. But he is a strong dude, like he's solid, like a little tree stump running. But I didn't know that that guy was that guy. I'm so happy for him. Uh, his, his little, uh, I don't know, his wife, girlfriend, fiance, his significant other that was at the table with them. They were just like some regular, good natured people. They talked about the work he did in, in the community. I'm like, he's a, it's a nice guy. Then I realized, I was Tyler. I was like, yo. Me, such a nice dude. I guess you know, me too. You are a monster on the field. He's a very violent, not nice person on that field. So Tyler needs to get paid. Uh, it was him <laughs> and Grady Jerry. I was like, can can you just get somebody a raise in the middle of the season? These guys are doing amazing. I don't know what they're getting paid, but they need to get paid more because Tyler earned his money today. Grady Jerry earned his money today. He definitely did. I, I think Tyler Algier is, you know, it, it's he's got kind of the contact balance of a Frank Gore or like a Maurice Jones drew, but he's a different body type. It's almost like Fred Taylor ish kind of like that. He's a little smaller, a little more slender. I think that if he works this off season on his pass protection and Mm. his receiving out of the backfield, he can be a third down running back in this league. I mean, he's got that type of big play potential. He's got that type of short yardage power. Uh, It's really just some of the nuances of his game, but, This is, I think, to Arthur Smith's philosophy is kind of you build the team around the guys that you have. And we have seen certain teams kind of really prioritize the running back position. I think the Falcons are kind of okay with taking some of these high priority positions or maybe players that are in higher priority positions. Like if you see a Christian McCaffrey coming out of the draft or if you see a Leonard Fournette, your eyes get big. And you're like, man, imagine this guy in this offense and we can build an offense around this player. You're also just as likely to find a running back capable of doing that in the third or fourth round. You're just as likely of finding maybe a quarterback if you build things the right way in the second or third round. Like that's kind of, I think, the Falcons approach here. And I think that they really have found somebody in Tyler Algier who coming out of BYU, a lot of people were high on. They were saying of the later round running backs, like this guy has the best chance of developing into somebody who can carry your your offense for you. And he did that today against a pretty decent Saints defense. Yeah. One other rookie, if we're going to round out this offensive rookie trio, Drake London, mm. peppered today. It was very clear to your point uh, about Desmond Ritter kind of building that relationship with veterans like a Demir Bird or a Kadero Hodge or, or whoever. Michael Pruitt was somebody that he he relied on a bit today. But Drake London, he was like, hey, man, draft class, what's up? We're in the same pledge class. Yeah, we're bros. And just was firing passes to Drake London, but critically, the late fumble. How much do you weigh the positive of kind of a better performance than he's had recently with the late game fumble? Another one after the Chargers game where it really, really kind of cost the Falcons the game. How do you balance that? There's so many... uh... Twitter profiles to say, you know, free Drake London, free Desmond Ritter. <laughs> you know, once Ritter gets out there, Drake London's going to explode. 
And I get it because Marcus was having trouble hitting him consistently, having trouble, you know, uh, hitting yeah. him on the run. And I absolutely get it. And so I, like the rest of the world, thought that London's going to go off. Drake's going to be unstoppable. Desmond Ritter and Drake, they have that that bond, like you said, that they're bros coming in the same year. And um, you saw Ritter trying to make it happen, but it wasn't there. And you um, have to remind yourself and literally say it every five minutes. He's just a rookie. This is his <laughs> first game. Don't overreact. Yeah. He's just a rookie. This is his first game. Don't overreact. But um, it it wasn't where you want it to be. It's simple. Uh, Drake and Desmond know that. And Drake can't be the savior of the team. He can't be our Roddy White. He can't be our Julio Jones if he's going to keep on fumbling in key games. That's something that Roddy yeah. and Julio were good with. You know, they had their, their issues maybe like once every uh, two or three years or near the end of their careers. They both had more issues than most. But in their prime, which Drake should be in his prime, um, he they, they weren't losing games for the team. They weren't the reason we lost. Because I don't care how good you are if what it matters the most you're a quarterback, you're throwing interceptions, you're a receiver, and you're fumbling the ball. If you're a running back, fullback, you're fumbling the ball. All the great stuff you did just got erased. Yep. I'd rather yep. get somebody who is just above average but won't hurt you with turnovers. We talk about it all the time. Turnovers will kill you. Turnovers make bad teams beat good teams. Turnovers. And Drake, like the, the most important thing, it's the fourth quarter, dude. You had a big catch. Yeah. Two hands. Or like you know, get small. Like put that that elbow down. It was just in slow motion. I was like, yes, no, everybody, just no. So I'll give people uh, props for saying, I know I lost you the game, but I did a lot of good things beforehand. Uh, that's good. If you're in high school or college, yeah. in, the, in the NFL, we expect you to do good things and not throw away or piss away all those good things you did by making a huge mistake at the end of the game. That's what we pay you millions of dollars for. You can do it. NFL players and toddlers love to talk about <laughs> stacking things yeah. more than anybody else I've ever met in my life. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Like you did a good thing. Don't necessarily in that moment, because it's a fourth down and five, you make the catch. Mm. It's on a slant. You, you did, you stacked one thing. You did good. Now let the offense continue to stack on top of that. Instead, he kind of turned up field, tried to get a little extra more, which, look, I'm not going to fault a guy for doing that, especially a rookie. That's kind of been his MO. He's a really good run after the catch player. Yeah. It's a, it's a teaching moment in a game that was filled with teaching moments in a year that's been filled with teaching moments. And I think if, again, we go back to the start of the season, this year was not supposed to be the year for the Falcons. They are in it. No kind of by the product of some early success that we didn't see coming and some really poor play from the NFC South. Yeah. But they're five and nine. And this this year, as disappointing as this performance was, as much as they're still in it and the broadcast team is going to talk about they're still in it, I think that, again, we can look at some of these negatives as maybe a long-term positive mm. if the team can learn from them. And Desmond Ritter certainly falls in that category. He's done a lot of good. He's played, I think, above his years in some ways. But these late game fumbles, these are grown men trying to get the ball from you. If yeah. Khalil Mack is coming to get the ball from you, look the F out yeah. and like protect Cover that up. ball and go down. Yeah, like just let's let's let somebody else carry on this positive momentum that you have created. So 
again, I think that that's all something that they're going to figure out and learn from. Let's flip real quick to the defense side of the ball. Another rookie, our boy, Troy Anderson, gets the start. I talked with Mike Rothstein of ESPN on Thursday uh, for the podcast leading into this game, and he said that he felt Tyler Anderson would get the start over Michael Walker kind of for these last four games just so the team can really see what they've got in him, and then maybe he and Rashawn Evans are kind of that linebacker pair for the future. What do you see out of Troy Anderson? Because I like him a lot as a player, as you know. Today, I don't think was my favorite game of his. He finished second on the team with seven tackles, but didn't do a whole lot else besides that. Troy Anderson is an interesting one. I I know you like him, and he's proved me wrong uh, more often than not just because I thought he was going to be somebody we regret it and the, you know the, the jury's still out uh you, said, gotta, and you were like eh, nah. yeah it's just not, not him i'm sure he's a, he's a great second third string linebacker somewhere uh is what, what i thought but i just didn't think compared to who we could have had he was uh, the guy but he's shown me that he's better than i thought he was and he's uh a lot of speed great coverage skills uh even he's even shown some uh you know some some hits and thuds some, some violence that you need in a good linebacker. Mm-hmm. I just I I need to consistently see him take on these fullbacks, uh, hit down these tailbacks, be able to. And I hate that linebacks have to do this, but they don't have to take on pulling guards on a consistent basis and be able to stand them up, or at least shed them or something. And uh, I don't know if Troy has the the body type to do that. He could. Bulk up next year. My, my thing is take all the good things from this year, get bigger, faster, stronger. Like work out more in the offseason. Like find a different trainer and, and take that huge step because there are trades out there that will get you to the point where you are good, really good. Then you become dominant. You know, look look at Caleb McGarry. You know, look look at uh yeah. Lindstrom. Look at those guys. I don't know where they went, but <laughs> there was talk when they came back. They just looked different. They walked different. They had a, a little like uh, Dragon Ball Z electric aura around them when when they were in training camp. And Good I was saying, baby, yeah, like I, I was looking at them after some of these articles. Like these aren't the same guys that were here last year. And lo and behold, Pro Football Focus has these guys rated like near like top uh, ten uh, in, in one thing. I think he's like number eight, like the like, best uh, uh, yep. O lineman out there. I'm like, that's what I want our guy Troy to go through because right now. Doesn't seem like physically he can do what he wants to do, what his mind wants him to do. But he, he he's better than I thought he was. But again, I thought he was trash. <laughs> but um, to be the starter, I, I do think that just like with Desmond Ritter, they, they got to kick the tires. Like we're we're probably not making the playoffs, but we need to figure out what are we doing in free agency, what are we doing with the draft, what are we doing with these players that we have. So now's the time to see who can do what. Yeah, and we'll talk about the playoffs in one second here as the, as the last little bit. But a couple other defense players who I thought had decent games. Lorenzo Carter continues yeah, to stand out. Like, I would love for them to bring him back on a two, three-year deal. Yeah, Let him be a little bit of this bridge guy as you develop somebody like an Arnold Ebicady or D'Angelo Malone to be that kind of heir apparent as the pass rusher. But he just does so many little things really well uh, that you kind of need on this defense. He feels almost like the grown-up in the room as... I don't mean that as a as a slight or a belittling comment to anybody else out there. Everybody here is an adult, but it's just he's been there. He kind of knows what he's what he's doing. Uh, Grady Jarrett also got a half sack today. I mean, no complaints about Grady Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hawkins 
kind of struggled at times, made a huge play there late in the game to get the Falcons the ball back before Drake London fumbled to give them another chance to go back and win it. Somebody who I'm a little concerned about, who has been really good in year two, but has struggled recently is Richie Grant. He mm. gave up that, that second touchdown uh, early in the game, tried to undercut the pass from Taysom, Taysom Hill mm. to uh, Rashid Shahid and, and just was out of position, kind of made a, a either I'm going to get this and it's going to be an incomplete yeah. or it's going to be a touchdown. Yeah, And I hate seeing a player make that type of play where it's literally all or nothing Yep, that early in the game. I mean, what as an offensive player, when you see a defensive player just kind of go all chips to the middle of the table that early, are you like, all right, yeah, like that's this type of game. We're all in. Or are you like, damn it, dude, what are you doing? Come on. Like, let's just keep this thing close. You have to earn the right to do that. I think uh, I think that there are certain players. That's fair. That's that- very fair. Yeah. are so good and proven so much they can do that and win that like if he t- if that guy takes the chance he misses all right cool like you know you you're a pro bowl player or you're like an alternate like you're one of the top guys in the uh, nfc but if you have a guy who's still hasn't established himself as a consistent threat to to anybody um you don't want him taking those chances you rather just have him hold the line like you mentioned before let everybody else rally around you and help you win this game we don't need you to take these chances to create an opportunity for us to win this game maybe near you know near the end of the game or middle middle of the game do a little bit more but right now let's establish who we are let's establish uh, a lead let's establish something i think there should be an understanding about timing and I don't think Richard yeah. Grant understood how that, 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 that dynamic works with, with our game because we win or lose by one score. So these make or break uh, decisions that he's making will break us if he doesn't make that play and he's making the play less often than we'd like. Yeah. And I remember talking to Ricardo Allen actually after a game, I think it was about James Harrison's Super Bowl touchdown, just like the freelancing nature. Like you said, you have to earn that. You have to earn the ability defensively to say, look, I think I saw this in game prep. Yep. Three different times. They're doing this look right here. I know what call we're in, but damn it, I'm going to trust my gut. And I think if I'm right, like this could be the play we need. Yep. You got to earn that right. And you've got to kind of know, and you almost have to go through this trial and error period of knowing your limitations. It's like a quarterback fitting a ball into a tight window. You have Mm. to kind of get burned a couple of times to say, all right, I can't do it at this level. Like that throw is not there because yeah, these guys not to get burned. Yeah, you would prefer not to get burned during or a touchdown. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then during critical games uh, or early right. in the game. But you know, sometimes you can't pick and choose. Uh, yeah, your moments. So we talk about this as a critical game, and it certainly was. The Falcons are now in last place in the NFC South. Mm. Uh, they are just getting absolutely destroyed in their head-to-head records against any team that matters, honestly, in the NFC South and or in the NFC period. And as much as we talk about, they're still kind of in this. Guys, the, the, the record may say one thing, but the head-to-head is something totally different. They have losses against Washington. Now they've lost the, the head-to-head against Carolina and New Orleans. Uh, they're behind in that in Tampa or with Tampa. And it's just kind of all bad for what the Falcons are, are trying to do to get back into this playoff race. I don't really think that that is even 
the goal, maybe at this point. Like I really do, as I mentioned at the top, 2022 was meant to be a little bit of a transition year and they made it fun and it was great. And last year they made fun as well. And they kind of came down to the end. And, and I don't think that they're considering themselves out of it. But for the fans' purposes, should the priorities now change for these last three games? They're, for all intents and purposes, out of it. What should the fans be looking for as they close this thing out? Uh, a lot of what we were looking for the first couple of games, I used to remind people that, hey, we're supposed to win two games all year. Hey, we need to build foundation. Hey, we have a running game. This is exciting. Like, yeah, you can get a good defense. You can get a run game. You could win with, with average specialty players. It's about those trenches. And we got some decent trenches, at least in the O-line. So that's what I was telling people a lot during the beginning of the season. Now, the last couple of games, you got to see <laughs> what we can do that can benefit us next year and in the long run. And you can't be more excited than to watch young guys like Tyler Algiers or to watch our offensive line uh, mm-hmm. move people and to, for the most part, protect the quarterback, whoever that may or may not be next year. So you need to really just look for foundational pieces for our offense and defense and special teams that we can build on. And Arthur Smith, uh, Dean Pease, uh, hopefully gets uh, uh, back in uh, the saddle. Those are guys who are good at finding these pieces and utilizing these pieces. And uh, you got to give to our GM. He's made some young picks that are already showing uh, uh, dividends. And, you know, again, Ritter's still out. Let's not judge the man on one game. Uh, if we judged uh, some of these Hall of Fame players in their first game, they would never be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, no, no one's going to the Hall of Fame in your first game. No one's going to the Pro Bowls in your first game, especially when you're coming in midseason as a starter. Uh, these last games really are not to make the playoffs, just to, for us to realize who we are and who we need to be and what pieces we need to actually bring to the table so we can you know, be our best. Yeah, and I, I would argue that this the last two years they may have done more with the information they've received on their younger players and especially their draft picks than thomas dimitrov did with either mike smith or dan quinn yeah and that's not a slight on it it's just different styles it's just hey you know we drafted this guy in say the second or third round like jalen mayfield and we are committed to him. And so we're going to start him in his second year, even though, you know, it may not be in his best long-term interest or his best, whatever. We need to find out what he has. Kind of seems like the Falcons were like, hey, year one didn't work. You're banged up going into year two. All right, Jalen, you're sidelined for this year. You know, like you proved to us that you need to be back on the field. So they seem a little bit quicker to make some of these decisions on the younger players, but they're also giving them the opportunity to prove themselves and or learn from it. And I don't necessarily think that they're going to, Pulled Desmond Ritter because he had one bad game. They can't. But, Marcus Mariota's not here anymore. I know, I know right? Well, I are. Oh my God. We got to touch on that before I leave because I saw yeah, that. And I, was, I was just like, Marcus, 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 what are you doing? Dude? Like, If you're going to retire from the NFL, I get it. I love it. You want to be with your kid. You have a baby. Regretted, other people have babies, including me, and we're right back to work the next day. You know, people who are firemen, policemen, doctors, Radio hosts, they have babies. Paternity leave uh, isn't what it needs to be or, or you know, should be, and that, that sucks. But especially if you are in a pressure cooker like the NFL where these games do matter, you want to be there for those who you supposedly call your brothers, who you fight with, who you sweat with, who you go through, you know, long hours with. I wouldn't say two days, but now they're one of days. And so to... <laughs> 
have an injury to where art is bothering you all game, you can still go have certain and maybe I, maybe the rules have changed, but I would think you could have surgery and still choose to be around the team and to yeah. coach people up and to you know help them out. I, I don't think that you have to stay with the team. Actually, I know you don't have to stay with the team because I know several people who've had surgeries you know, uh, back surgery, neck surgery, shoulder, knee, ankle, They're whatever. in the building, and, dude. And they'll come back yeah. and in the building because, you know what, they enjoy being around it. And even if they yep. have a child, you're going to still get more time with your child because you're not playing. The coaches will give you grace. And if they don't, you can always say, well, I'm not coming to the hotel for whatever, or I'm not coming to, you know, this meeting because my mother or my child or my child are going through A, B, or C. They'd probably give you some leeway, but this and the way he did it, it makes it very, or I would think would make it very hard for another team to say, oh, that's the type of guy uh, in my locker room because they're going to bring you on mostly for a leadership role, mostly for a a, a veteran stability glue type of guy. And if you're showing that you can't be trusted and when times get hard, you get missing, that's not a good look for your long-term career. Now, if you're done, Hey, hats off to you. You know, it was a great run. You made some good money. Enjoy your life. Cool. So I'm just confused to where what what is he doing? Because it looked really bad. It looked really, really bad. It's it's gonna be hard to come back from this. I don't care if he said, Hey, I apologize. I got really emotional with my kid. And, All right, no, that's that's hey, you're human. You make mistakes, but you know, you had the freedom to make to choose what you wanted to do, and a lot of teams are gonna have the freedom to choose to not have somebody that they feel like they can't rely on when times get tough. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, like it did seem very surprising to yeah. having heard everything about Marcus Mariota, about yeah. his character, about the upstanding person that he is, which on the one hand makes me feel like, you know, that, that there had to be some kind something of, else we don't know about. Yeah. Like something behind the scenes, an agreement or something about like, all right, Hey, you just had a kid. We don't really like, you're not really serving the greatest purpose here in the world. You, your time's done. You're not part of like, maybe there was a, a an under the table type of, Hey, no hard feelings. Go do what you got to do. We're going to do what we got to do. But also based on the reaction from kind of the coaching staff, from some of the, like, it doesn't seem like that was the case. So yeah, if, if they, if they didn't, it's one thing they didn't want him here to say, Hey, Marcus, uh, not only, yeah, you you're a distraction, party, but um, we don't want you in the building. You're a distraction. It'll be better if you're on IR. If that was the case, they probably Arthur Smith probably would have gone up there and said, nah, "You would have said know, something." I, yeah, I don't know why he did that. It's just the way that Arthur Smith uh, talked about it on the press conference. It seemed like he was unsure why Marcus decided to, you know, choose IR to choose to yeah. not be a part of the team. And yeah. he was, you know, like it is what it is. But and he and he felt the need to say this was a performance based decision, which yes. is something that a coach usually doesn't go out of his way to say is like, yeah, this dude was better than the other guy. Like usually, it wasn't that's because he got hurt. The, I was in between I was, the lines context. Yeah, I, I was wondering. I was like, oh, when I heard about the IR. I was like, oh, that's why they finally make the decision because Marcus yeah. was hurt. Was going to IR. Like, no, 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 no. It wasn't because Marcus was hurt, and that's why we chose Ritter. It was because of the talent or the yep. lack of execution or, or, you know, just who gives us a better chance to win games. But so that was uh, uh, I was very telling. And I'm curious, like a dang soap opera. What's the next chapter of Marcus Mariota's future after, 
you know, this after you know, <laughs> uh, Titans didn't work out, Raiders didn't work out, Falcons didn't work out. Now, I do believe there are some very, very bad backup quarterbacks who still get a chance. I want man Marcus to get a chance somewhere else to live out, you know, the rest of his days, two, three, four, five years as a backup quarterback because he's such a nice yeah. guy. And I, I, I don't want this to be the end of his chapter, but with that young child, if he wants to be, he's on the right to do that. I just would think that as, as your legacy, you know, he probably can choose more than a fullback could choose how he wants to go out. There's some team that I would think would have him as a, as a second, third string quarterback or just to get some guys ready during training camp or something. So I hope he uh, doesn't call it quits, but uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, hopefully this isn't the end of my legacy either, but I also have a little kid on the way. Yes. I will also be uh, abandoning you yes. sometime soon. Who knows? It may honestly be within the next week. We're getting to crunch time, ladies and gentlemen. So yep. if you don't hear my voice uh, on Thursday morning or Sunday or Monday morning, I guess next Monday morning, you'll know why. Um, but I'll be back eventually. Uh, to uh, to reconvene with Ovi, it's just uh, yeah, you know, life events take place. But I'm not being paid millions of dollars to no, be out there on the football close, field. So like, I, like close, but not. I'm quite. only being paid half a million dollars. To talk about it on a microphone. Um, <laughs> so uh, speaking of uh, the money that we're being paid, today's podcast was brought to you by Bet Online. I uh, got to make sure to get that in there. Um, please follow Ovi and I on Twitter at Will McFadden at Ovi Mihaly 34. Ovi, you got anything else to get off your chest before uh, I close this out here? No, nah, man, I'm good. I I'm uh, happy about the holidays. Looking forward to uh, enjoying some good food and some, uh, yes. some family coming over. I, I am as well. Uh, it's really cold down here in Atlanta right now. It's though? cold. It seems like everywhere across the country. It's just kind of nice. You know, I, I like it to be cold this time of year, but I don't like it to be 10 degrees, which is what the low is on the day that my son is expected to be born. So we are packing all the blankets. Uh, I was born in a blizzard myself, uh, the blizzard of 1993, wow. March 12th. What's up? Um, so, you know, like father, like son. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we got some good news on the McFadden front here, but some bad news on the Falcons front as they lose to the Saints today. We'll have to see what they've got next week as they take to the uh, road again for a matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. Old Probably going to be cold for uh, for that one. We'll have to see how Desmond Ritter does again on the road in the outdoor elements. Maybe he'll be a little bit more used to that from his Cincinnati days uh, up in Baltimore, but who knows? Um, that'll do it for uh, today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please let everybody know where they can find us for the home stretch, which is wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 